What number is this, Chip? Episode 70. A visit with 7A and their brand new releases. The Monkey's Color Cast commentary for what episode? The Case of the Missing Monkey. And more. Always more. You can never have enough more. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. D.W. Washburn's not the only one. Welcome to Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and I'm joined by Sarah Clark. Hello, everybody. It's an exciting time in the monkeys universe, as usual. And And that's uh, putting it mildly. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the Facebook page went crazy after... Some cute little thing that happened, and uh, this was on the Goldbergs. We'll play this clip right now. Sometimes we lie. Sometimes we're stubborn. Sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves that we forget to look out for each other. Oh, that's the Beach Boys. Who was I thinking of? The Monkees. Oh, yeah, they're funny. Maybe they'll beat the next Live Aid. But that's family for you. In the end... God only knows where we'd be without each other. Punchy, punchy, kick, kick! And that is from the ABC TV show, The Goldbergs. A lot of astute Monkees fans were quick to point that out on the Zilch Facebook page. Yeah, I think we had like three or four threads pop up in the span of about five minutes. So it was, it was hilarious. I've been ne- meaning to uh, check out that show. I think I need to do it now. Oh, it's it's a hilarious show. I, I love yeah. Big Tasty and the way he runs <laughs> and uh, his popsicle advice. And if anybody watches that show, they know what I'm talking about. He'll just appear with a popsicle and give incredibly bad advice to people. Awesome. And I don't know why he's always got a popsicle. Nice. Anyway, he is my favorite ninja football player and all-around athlete from from Philadelphia. So anybody that knows that show is probably giggling right now. Awesome. I need to see if it's on Netflix or something so I can catch up. Hulu is your friend. Hulu is my friend. Yes. Shame we're not getting any kickback from them for that, but uh, cha-ching. Come on, Hulu. Help us out. Anyhow. Well, before we get into things, let's do something we haven't done in a while. Since it's been the year of the monkeys, it's been kind of crazy. We've stopped reading iTunes reviews. But it's very important that if you want to support the show, one of the number one ways you can do that is by leaving an iTunes review. So let's jump into the monkeys mailbag. Woohoo! P.O. Box now, Sarah... You have one that you'd like to share with us. Could you please read it for us? I do. It is titled Tales of the Torque. Mm. I wonder what that's all about. By P.D. Puddin' Pork on September 5th. A five-star review. 
gee, I wonder what episode this might be about. Uh, PD, or Puddin, I'm not exactly sure where I should go there, says, Well, Ken, you've done it again. What a treat it was to hear you in conversation with Peter Tork. You've done your homework, clearly because you asked some questions that were not only insightful, but refreshing. Judging by his response, I think even Peter appreciated being asked about aspects of his life and career that he do doesn't usually get asked about. Kudos especially for bringing up his teaching years. That's something I've always wondered about. How long he taught, how he got started, and how his students reacted to being taught by a celebrity. Fascinating. Many of the questions you asked and topics you covered, I think, helped Peter take his guard down, and he felt free to really open up. Thanks again, Ken. I hope next time you can get Mickey and have a similar conversation. And I have to echo everything that PD said. I, I was mostly just a spectator as that interview opportunity came together. And I just, I'm, I'm so, so proud of what you did, Ken. That was just an amazing, amazing interview. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. It, it truly was a joy to do. I've always been kind of leery of interviewing the actual monkeys. There's, mm -hmm. there's a part of me that just, you know, I'm content to play the interviews as, as they do them out in the wild, if you will. And, yeah. <laughs> of course, the classic interviews, which we run from time to time. To me, one of the joys of it was telling him that he wouldn't have to answer the standard four or five monkeys questions. Do you guys play your own instruments? How'd you meet? Are you really a band? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was yes. cool to get this bumper from him as well. Now, listen. Yes, sir. Let me do this last one here. Okay. This is Peter Tork, and you're listening to Zilch. Hashtag induct the monkeys if you really want to. So hashtag induct the monkeys for sure. Uh, we, we, we all want to see that. So please keep doing what you're doing. We are getting people's attention. There was an article that came out this last week where top 10 acts or bands that need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the monkeys were at number 8. And they even used the uh, hashtag induct the monkeys. So oh my goodness, I are, missed that. We are making a dent. So let's, let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. And speaking of Peter Tork, I understand that you, Sarah Clark, and Melanie Mitchell, author of Monkey Magic, and possibly Jeff Hewlett will be at one of the Peter Tork events. And I know that you and Melanie will be at the two Peter Tork Shoe Suede Blues shows coming up soon, correct? Yes, Friday, October 14th, and Sunday the 16th. We will be at Club 66 in Edgewood, Maryland, and Infinity Hall in Hartford, Connecticut, respectively. Uh, I'm really excited about it. We're going to be uh, giving away some cookies at Club 66, but we are going to be asking folks to um, donate to... Uh, DJ EMF as in return for the uh, in return for the little snacks that we're going to bring for the show. I've never been to Club 66, but everybody who's been to see Peter at this venue tells me it's a heck of a lot of fun. And then uh, we will be doing a meetup slash dinner before the show in Hartford at Infinity Hall. There's a little um, restaurant attached to the venue, and we'll be doing that. And watch the Facebook group for all the uh, all the updates on that. And we actually have a special Facebook group that is just for the folks who are going to the Shoe Suede Blues meetup and there are links to that on the uh, Zilch Facebook group so uh, join that up and join us if you're going to be out there you can hear me blather on about it or you can hear Ken play this ad you'll have two two chances to see Peter Tork and Shoe Suede Blues in the only two appearances in 2016 two two 
Peter Tork and Shoe Suede Blues shows. Friday, October 14th at Club 66 in Edgewood, Maryland. Show starts at 7 p.m. Come meet Peter Tork and the rest of Shoe Suede Blues. Hang out, dance, and have a good time. Then see them again Sunday, October 16th at the Infinity Music Hall, Hartford, Connecticut at 7.30 p.m. Do not miss these two chances to see Peter Tork up close and personal with Shoe Suede Blues, both at Edgewood, Maryland and Hartford, Connecticut. Two, two, Peter Tork and the Shoe Suede Blues. Be there or be square. Don't miss it. The only chance to see Peter Tork and Shoe Suede Blues in 2016. Hi, this is Peter Tork and you're listening to Zilch, a Shoe Suede Blues podcast. So if you can, get out there and see Peter Tork and Shoe Suede Blues. And of course, if you can't make it there, there will be photos taken by the one, the only, the monkeys photographer, as I call her, Sherry Hansen. She will be there, and she'll be snapping pics. And if you get a chance to bump into her, say hello. So it'll be cool to see all the Torque heads and the Torkies and the hashtag Team Torque out mm-hmm. at these events. And this is going to be a great set of shows. And, you know, if you get a chance to, to throw some money towards the DJ EMF, we absolutely encourage that and there's going to be some sponsorship stuff going on you want to talk about that yeah yeah there was a uh, update posted the other day from dj emf basically saying that uh devin was in need of some more sponsorships a couple of his ten dollar a month donors had to drop out if you go to the zilch facebook page or better yet just go to the dj emf uh facebook presence or to Davies Angels. Both of those are great places where you can get involved to help the herd either with a one-time donation, buying some of the swag that DJ EMF sells, or working with Davies Angels to become a monthly sponsor. And of course, we here at Zilch support the DJ EMF, which is the Davy Jones Equine Memorial Fund. So please help if you can. It's, it's a nice way to give back a little bit of karma to the universe so help out if you can absolutely and speaking of some nice karma and paying back to the universe and all that mickey did a really cool video for our good friend zach yes i I, this was so sweet as some of you may remember our uh official monkey man zach mortensen uh he was hoping to go to one of the monkey shows in texas earlier this month but unfortunately he had to um, uh, go into the hospital for a minor procedure. He's fine now and on the mend, but he had to miss the show. So uh, Mickey s- recorded a sweet little video for him. And here it is now. Hi, Zach. Uh, Mickey Dolan's here, sitting backstage in Austin, Texas at the theater, ready to go on. I'm so sorry you couldn't make it tonight, but uh, we're going to have a great show. I'll be thinking about you. And I want to say hi to you and the family and to Sutton. Hi, Sutton. And look forward to seeing you next time we come through town. Get well soon. Of course, you can only listen to it, but you get the idea. Yep, but it's floating around. If you go to Zach's Facebook page, A Heart for Zach, that will, you can watch it there. And I just, I, I want to say, I mean, all monkeys are my favorite, but I have to say after watching that video, Mickey might be just a little more favoriter than the others. Favoriter, is that a word? It is now. I, I'm a PhD. I say that favoriter is now a word. I can do that. Hey, if uh, irregardless can become a word, anything can. 
Amen. Irregardless of that, let's continue on. Grammar nerds all over the world's just exploded. Yeah. In rage. <laughs> and I know Jody Ritson's going to be doing something to help somebody out. Uh, there is a monkeys fan who has been diagnosed with cancer, and she's going to be selling off some stuff. And we're going to f- to mention those in the show notes on Facebook of this thread. So if you can help out with that, get some cool monkey stuff, and maybe help somebody out because we all need help at some point. Yep. I mean, hey, even the Beatles needed help, right? Mm-hmm. Help, I need somebody. <laughs> they get by with a little help from their friends. Yeah. Turn mm-hmm. that down. Turn that down. This is a monkeys. This is a monkeys podcast for goodness' sakes. Get out of here. <laughs> I love those guys, but get out of here. No, go. All right. Is that over? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Stop it. Okay. Anyway, all right. Now now we're back. Now we're, we are back. We are back on Zilch. Uh, so I stuffed the Beatles back in. I have to fix the hole. You know, I'm fixing, fixing the hole. A hole where, the rain gets in. where they got out of and stopped their minds from wondering. Stop it. Just stop it. Anyway. So, Sarah, is, is that about it, or is there anything else you want to bring up? Well, I think people should know that we're about to prove that you actually exist, and you're <gasps> not like a holographic computer program somebody developed. Well, as fate would have it, Branson got canceled. That was to be my first actual live monkeys experience, my actual live monkeys concert. Yeah. And, and that fell through, but I don't want to start the Beatles playing again, but with a little help from my, my friends... Get back in there. No. <laughs> this is not your podcast. There's like 28 Beatles podcasts. We can't go there. Right. So with with a little help from people I know, there, that didn't start it playing. Um, your associates. Yes. It, it is happening. I'm seeing the monkeys in St. Louis, and we are having a really cool Zilch St. Louis meetup. And our good friend, Tom O'Keefe, who works for the venue that the Monkees are going to be playing at, and he's also one of the hosts of the incredibly successful podcast called Real Spoilers, in which they actually talk about movies as they come out, and we had them do the movie Head earlier this last year, and that was very cool. They're not kidding when they say Real Spoilers. They talk about the entire movie, right up to the credits, folks. Yes, they do. So, if you listen to Real Spoilers, they warn you what's coming. But it's it's a great show to check out. But Tom is uh, kind of been gracious enough to, to let us have a little space there where we can all meet before the show. There will be zilch buttons. Da, 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 da. And lots of smiles and hugs for everybody. I, I'm looking right now through my magic eye here, and I can see uh, Christine... Carlson Wolf, she'll be there, and uh, Debbie Lang, and uh, Rosanna Welsh, and Jane Knight, and Sarah Clark, and I Ken. know, I know, it's like all these cool people are going to be there. Yeah, and, and that's just the start of it, folks, so there's a lot of cool people that uh, are going to be there, and we're going to just have some fun, get some pictures, and just big old group hugs and stuff like that, so it's, it's very cool. It's been a yeah. really great year for zilch get-togethers and i don't know if we'll ever be able to top this year i mean richard wolofsky sarah wolofsky melinda flowers gildart and christine carlson wolf were all recording a after roundtable which we will play about the pantages show and mickey walked like right by them like two feet away 
<laughs> so how often are you recording the Zilch podcast and Mickey just walks right by? So <laughs> So we'll probably play that this episode. Awesome. Okay. So we'll we'll just we'll finish up the show with it actually, so that'll be good. So Sarah, what do we have on today's Zilch? Well, I'm really looking forward to this one. We're going to have our friends of the show, Ian Lee and Glenn Gretland from 7A Records. From what? 7A. It's because I'm hosting a podcast. I know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we've heard that before. That's going to be a fun segment, and they talk about Keep Off My Grass. That's actually an old film of Mickey Dolan's, but released for the first time. Ever. So this is. Yeah, and they found like some weird random people off the street to do a a commentary on it. That would be the Zilch staff. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) You've heard of Lizard Sunning Itself on a Rock? This is random people talking about a film. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like that. But we encourage you to check that out and all the stuff that Ian and Glenn are going to talk about in this upcoming segment. And then later, we have the return of the Monkeys. Color cast commentary. Woohoo! And Sarah, which episode are we doing today? Looks like we're doing Case of the Missing Monkey. I'm glad we're getting back to the color cast commentaries. I mean, it was it was definitely cool, the Pantages stuff and that weird blues guy who invaded a couple of episodes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we just now finished like cleaning headquarters back up after that whole thing. Yep. But um, it's I'm really looking forward to another color cast commentary. And you know, things 2017 is going to be a different year, but I, I think we're all sort of excited too to be spending time talking more about the color cast commentaries, and we'll probably get back into some more album the discussions. Albums. And yeah. you know, it's going to be good, and I'm really looking forward to hearing this commentary because this is a great episode. That is really one of the cool things about the monkeys. You know, for a uh, a band that's not a band that is a band that's not a band that's a TV show that's a band that, and a TV show that's not a band you know there's such a rich history of stuff to talk about whether it's the guy's solo work or all through the the history of the monkeys it's, it's an amazing story and it's it's very rich and, and full of cool stuff so yep we're not gonna run out of things to talk about anytime soon you know I've never run out of anything to talk about no comment. Sometimes I'll talk about running out of things to talk about, just to have something to talk about. <laughs> Anyhow, but we'd like to thank everybody who's been making this year so cool. We'd like to thank John Hughes and uh, Andrew Sandoval and the Monkees themselves and all the incredibly cool Monkees fans. And I'd also like to give a shout out to the Peter Tork Facebook page and the Peter Tork team. They've just been fantastic and Thank you for all their help and believing in the show. We'd also like to thank our button queen, Christine Carlson Wolf. Thank you so much. So, we just, you, seriously, this Zilch would not be as much fun if it weren't for all you people out there, whether it's on the Facebook page or at the shows or wherever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, this is your monkeys podcast, like Ken says at the start of every episode. And we're just the weirdos who get on the microphone and talk, but it wouldn't be a tenth of what it was with all of you listening and participating in the Facebook group and doing meetups and handing out buttons and just making zilch a phenomenon. And we are incredibly humbled and thrilled to play 
whatever part we've played in the Year of the Monkeys. Right. Well, it's just been great to be involved in it all. And, Amen. Uh, once again, thank you to everybody. And we'd also like to point out that we are not the only Monkeys podcast now. There's Dave Galvin's We Want the Monkeys, which he puts up 10 episodes at a time. And then after they are gone, they're going to actually become part of Zilch. At least that's our plan. Oh! And so he's going to become a segment producer. But he, he does have We Want the Monkeys podcast out. Then there's Megan Stem Wade and Craig Smith's cool podcast the sidecast which is found in the pods and sods network mm -hmm. and they're doing something where they look at every monkey song and it's going to be called sounds of the sunset sounds of the sea so we encourage you to check them as and we encourage you to check them out as well and there's some new kids on the block big al bigley and amiable al williams are doing the texas prairie chicken home companion so it's a mouthful, but uh, it, I it love the title. Yeah, it's very cool. More monkeys stuff to listen to. I mean, think about it. You're now going to have monkeys talk radio, and you could you get to be the programmer. Yeah, so that's the wonderful cool thing that? about podcasts. Yep, we support any positive voice in the monkeys podcast and you know there's Agreed. something else you can even check out if you're if you're up for the reality show of it um <laughs> jody ritson and her husband and her kid do a live stream almost every friday night where they talk about monkeys and 60s music and stuff like mm -hmm. that and it's very loose it's not structured but it's become something that as i'm finishing up my work day on fridays i'll usually check it out and i pop awesome. on there every once in a while and you know you can hear me blather on like a fool just like <laughs> you're doing now so you know any anybody that's a positive voice in the monkeys community we definitely want to shine a light on it and we support yeah. this community that we are part of mm -hmm. in many ways i feel that you are all bigger monkeys fans than i am because i just love the music and i love the tv show and doing this podcast has made me so much more of a Monkees fan because, uh, you know, I got all the handmade sets and stuff like that, which, you know, I, I didn't realize the level of it all. And I love them even more now than ever. I'm glad to be part of this. And my whole intention is to leave the campsite nice or better than I found it. So, mm -hmm. you know, to do no harm and to only do good. So, so we hope that we're a force for good in this community. So, yeah, none of us do this because of, you know, any desire for fame and fortune. We're definitely in the wrong business for the fortune part, certainly, but oh, absolutely. We it do actually this costs because money to do this. It yeah, I know. Yeah, we do this because we love the monkeys, but more importantly, we love the monkeys community. So, uh, it's absolutely what Ken said. We are 110% in favor of any podcast, blog, radio show, website, live stream, whatever, that is a positive force in the community. We love you all, and we are happy to give anybody and everybody a signal boost. All right, well... So let's kick the show off with my conversation with Ian Lee and Glenn Bretland from, from what is it, Sarah? 7A.
Shakespeare's my guideline Julie and Romeo Now I have found a girl so dear She cares not if Will was a peer Who cares if Hammy really loved his ma To be or not to be my lover And up next on the Zilch Podcast, we are blessed to have some very cool monkey fans. Gentlemen, please introduce yourself. Ian, you go first. Hello, dear listener. My name is Ian Lee. I live just outside of London in the United Kingdom. I'm married to the Queen, uh, and I'm one half of 7A Records. And the other half of 7A Records is here. Please introduce yourself, sir. I'm Glenn Gredland, and I'm the other co-owner of 7A Records. I'm not married to the Queen, but I'm delighted to be on the show. But, <laughs> but she does let you use her hair dryer occasionally. So. <laughs> I'm glad Glenn's here because I've done, I don't know, maybe three or four of these uh, mm-hmm. on my own. And I think people think I've made Glenn up, but Glenn is an actual, you know, he's a real life, actual human being person. And, and he's, he's darn good looking and what a great accent he's got as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope to be able to, um, to prove my existence. Uh, via this show, so thank you for that opportunity. Glenn, you are actually a real person, and we are so glad to have you here at Zilch. You guys have some amazing stuff coming out. You've got uh, this new Mickey Dolan's compilation, which is kind of a re-release of a re-release, but this is the one to get. Finally on CD, we have what product, Ian Lee? Well, uh, th- we have Mickey Dolenz, the MGM Singles Collection, with 12 bonus tracks. Now, if, if anyone has been vaguely following this, you know, this ridiculous project of mine and Glenn's, mm-hmm. um, this, was, this was the first thing we ever released on vinyl, was the MGM Singles Collection, and it was all, it all kind of came together by hard work, by chance, by lots of people helping us out on Facebook and, and Twitter and getting mm-hmm. in touch, and lots and lots of phone calls. And we kind of thought, this album's going to come out, and, and, and that'll be it. We'll, you know, we'll do that and we can walk away satisfied. And uh, I know, you know, that I certainly got the bug and kind of thought, well, I've got a record label now with Glenn. Let's see what we can do. And, you know, we did other things. We did the Bobby Hart album. We did um, the audience with Peter Noon and, and, and Mickey and, and some singles and the EP with Cersei and Christian and stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody has been saying, vinyl is great. But we want this on CD. We right. want this on CD. And it turns out licensing tracks on CD is not as easy as I thought it was. I know Glenn's done this before. It's a lot trickier and a lot more expensive um, than it is licensing stuff for vinyl. So um, it, it's taken a while, but we finally have, and I have a big box of about 200 of them in my spare room, uh, because we're, because we're, I'm going to be carrying them around in the boot of my car. Finally, how, Glenn, how long ago did the the vinyl LP come out? It was it was over a year, wasn't it? It's, it's just over a year ago, yeah. and we and we thought, you know, uh, everybody said, please, can we have it on CD? Uh, and we went back to Universal. We asked them, and they kindly agreed to let us have the rights. Uh, but we then thought, hang on, there's only ten tracks. There's only the MGM singles, and it's not a very long CD. Mm-hmm. So we thought, what can we do? And uh, we sort of, um, that, this is why it's taken us so long, really, because we had to, uh, to go out and, and find as many tracks as possible that we thought would be fitting. 
and um, that people would like to have on CD. So none of these recordings that we got now have ever been released on CD before. And what a value this package is, because not only are you getting that wonderful Mickey Dolan's The MGM Singles, but you're also getting the uh, EP that Mickey did, the live recording of him with Cersei Link and Christian Esmith yep. and, yeah. and the Cersei Link band. That's, again, just amazing. Love it. And uh, Yeah, we got Alicia and Love Light. We got 12 bonus tracks in total, and we thought... Yeah, the, the tracks with Christian and Cersei, they, they aren't... I mean, we, we went beyond the 1970s. Right. Because we thought we got a chance to put these, these tracks on CD, we might as well do it. Because nobody else is likely to release them on CD, and um, they would we, make great uh, bonus tracks. Glenn and I, we kind of agree that, you know, everything we release, we both have to agree re, agree to release it, okay? And if one of us goes, ah, I'm not so sure, then the project doesn't happen. And there's a few things where either I've said, I don't think I'd buy that, or Glenn has said, ah, that's, I don't think that would look good in my collection. Uh -huh. So things haven't happened. And with this, we were constantly sending, we, I mean, we must have sent about 50 emails back and forth about what bonus tracks we were going to have on. Would the, the Cersei and Christian tracks, would they fit on? Would the yeah. chance of a lifetime fit on because it's not period? You know, and we, it was a real kind of tough, there was a lot of negotiating going on between us as to which tracks would go on because part of us felt well these some of these tracks are 21st century they don't fit in with the 1970s but if we we wouldn't have filled we wanted to fill the cd right and a uh -huh. cd i think is 70 minutes glenn 74 no, it's, it's, it's about 80 and we, got, yeah. we got about 79 minutes on there so we, we filled it we, we filled it yeah we've literally filled every last second that we can on this cd and um there are, I mean, there are a couple of tracks we missed out tomorrow from Bugsy Me Alone we couldn't get, but, 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 I'm really confident that the tracks, the bonus tracks, the, the Love Light Alicia, To Be or Not To Be, Beverly Hills, and, and, and the later ones, I think, because of Mickey's voice, I think it all flows together like a really nice album. I don't think they're going to stick out as, as, as being, you know, added on. That makes sense. Well, as someone who has purchased all of these on vinyl right up till now, this is almost like a collector's edition box set in one CD. Yeah. Seriously. I'm going to play this, and what this is is a collection of every song on the CD release of Mickey Dolan's The MGM Singles Collection. Here we go. When I can catch you doing nothing at all that's when i want to be with you and you will let me give my all in all i'm gonna make it easy for you It's a 
Living in the slums of Beverly Hills Living in the slums of Beverly just absolutely amazing right wow. there you're, you're like uh, i don't you probably never got this guy over there but glenn that was that reminded me of jive bunny ah i've got i've, I've released jive bunny I'm old, <laughs> enough, I, I'm old enough to have reissued jive bunny wow there well, you go so that was reminiscent of jive bunny ken so well done you oh well, thank Good you work. thank you so if you are a mickey dolan's fan and if you aren't, why are you listening to this show? We think that you should pick this up. I mean, it is just fantastic. What was also, your? Can, can I say? Can I say right? It's in a. It, it's a. Um, uh, in a cardboard sleeve that opens out, so it's like yes. a three. There the digipack. Is... Yeah. It digipack. Thank you, Glenn. Glenn knows all the technical stuff. You see, <laughs> um, I'm the looks. He's the brains. It's got how many pages have we got in the booklet with this? It, it's a 24-page booklet. Wow. And um, that was actually the most pages we could fit in there because if yeah. you add more pages, you won't be able to close the digipack. So it's got the um, the original notes that were in the uh, the vinyl release, and Glenn uh-huh. has also written kind of an update, to a, a little postscript to go on the end of it as well, haven't you, Glenn? About the bonus tracks, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's uh, you know um, we don't have much say over what the pricing is on Amazon and stuff like that, right? But 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 I'm looking at Amazon.com. Uh-huh. This is sixteen dollars ninety nine. Um, and I think it's it's even cheaper on deep discount. We always kind of try and point people towards deep discount. Makes no difference to us. But uh, last time I looked, I think it was about fifteen dollars sixty-seven. And I think there's also a, a, a code for deep discount. I think this still works. If people type in fall fifteen fall one five, you get fifteen percent off. So. Um, you know, it, we are constantly on the, the Facebook page and the website pointing people to the cheapest place they can buy it. And at the moment, in the US, it's deep discount. In the UK, uh, go to Amazon.co.uk. 7A wants you to get more bang for your buck. Yeah. We, we want people to have the record in their collection. If they pay a couple of dollars less, doesn't bother us in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Now, Glenn, did you have a particular favorite track off of this CD? I always liked It's Amazing to Me. 
Um, it, it's a track that was written by Mickey himself, um, and probably I think the best track that um, Michael Lloyd produced on the album. Um, that's my favorite. I also like Love Light, which is one of the bonus tracks. Uh-huh. Love Light's good. Yeah, I like Love Light. For me, that version of Crying in the Rain with Cersei and Christian, it gets me every single time. I just think that his his voice, you know, he's 70 or something there, is stunning. And um, just the, the, the harmonies from, from Cersei and the, that band, yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear an album of those of those guys working together. That would be the dream. That would be something. We, we really but ba- hope but that basically, happens. you know, Ian and I are fans. You know, we're, we're big fans, and we've been um, you know, to be able to track down the master tapes for most of these recordings and put mm-hmm. them together in the way we've done is it's almost like a dream come true. This is the album that we would buy as fans, and we think it should be out there. It should be available to people to buy, and uh, it's great to have been able to do that. And again, it's that thing you mentioned: bang for your buck, and it, it, it really is. We could have cut, Ken. We could have cut so many corners on this. Because this is a tricky, tricky album. Because there are so many, the, the music's coming from so many different sources, uh-huh. and some have been out already. It, it gets very complicated with royalties and stuff, and the booklet makes it really expensive for us to make. And we could have cut the booklet back, or we could have cut some of the tracks off and saved, you know, saved us a, a few quid here and there. But as I've said before, that's not what it's about for us. You know, it's right. about, as Glenn just said, it's about making the the record or the CD um, that we would like to buy and I think we've done that with this and again you know the the, the money that we've made every, every penny that we make gets poured straight back into the company to go towards the next release so we can afford to do this because we sold out of the, the, the Cersei Christian Dolenz uh-huh. EPs because we've almost sold out of the, the Mickey Dolenz um, Chance of a Lifetime single because we sold out of the vinyl of um, the, the, you know, all of that money that's been made doesn't go into our pockets. It's goes, it's gone towards this, and it's going to go towards things we've got planned for next year as well. Right. And, and also, at the back of our minds all the time is when some of these recordings became available to us, like Love Light, Alicia, To Be or Not To Be in Beverly Hills, we suddenly found out that we could we could get these recordings. It would cost us a bit of money, but we were able to license them. We thought, well, if we don't do it, there's a good chance that they won't ever be available on CD. You know, we, we, we sort of feel that we had an obligation to to add them. Now, how many tracks are there altogether on this? 22. Well, 22, 22 tracks. including the interview with Mickey. So, in a sense, even though it's on one disc, you're getting a double album. One, yeah. the proper yeah. MGM collection, and then all those insane amount of bonus tracks. It's just fantastic. I know that that Mickey Dolan's Christian and Cersei EP sold out fast. I remember when you Man, said, what, there were, went like that. there were 500 of them, and then I said, yeah. well, I, I bought two, so there's 498, and then people were <laughs> people were coming on the board saying, well, now there's only uh, 479, because I just bought one, and now it's there's... It's there's only- we're, we're never going to print those again. Those, those songs will not be available in that format. We have got, and we just did a little count last week, we have got 76 copies of the Mickey Dolenz um, Chance of a Lifetime Living on Lies single 76 of those bad boys left so i think they're on deep discount as well so if you want to get them get them because they will go and they will be collector's items excellent so we want to encourage if you're a fan of mickey dolan's and if you're listening to this show again i don't know why you would be listening to it if you're not get this music this is really once in a lifetime kind of thing you guys have saved this from obscurity 
seriously you guys brought this back from from the dead in a sense it was it was forgotten by it feels it feels know. nice to have kind of contributed just the tiniest tiniest little thing towards you know monkey's history and the monkey's discography and all its heavenly glory you know we we've, we've added this and I, I you know i think we can both be really proud that we've uh you know we we've, we've made something good and we've 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 been quite generous in in as much as we've put on here. There was talk of there was talk of making a second album, uh-huh. but we just wanted to cram it all on here if we could. Right, this is kind of like uh, the first wave of Seven A. Yeah, oh man, you, oh, you should see what we got. <laughs> we hope so. Because I know you guys have stuff coming. I'm going to be like Gollum and say, you know, precious me once. So, so what's what's on the horizon? What can you whisper about? Well, Glenn always likes keep. I'm going to let Glenn do this bit because because you know me, Ken. I come on here and I tell you everything. I tell you mm-hmm. what I have for dinner and I, you know, I'll tell you everything. But but Glenn likes to play his cards a little bit closer to his chest. So I'm going to let Glenn say as much or as little as he wants to say about this. Well, I'd li- I'd like to be able to share as much as possible. I mean, I am. Um, we have got some very exciting things com- coming up. We, um, amongst other things, um, we've managed to um, not only secure the rights but buy the rights to a couple of Japanese concerts. One, one being by David Jones, his Japanese album, and one by um, Mickey Dolan's Live in Japan, 1982. So, in short, we own the rights to uh, the um, the album that was out on on Japan Records, the live album. And then we've licensed the rights, the master rights, to the one that was out on Pioneer. Wow, so no. in 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 um, in essence, we got two Davy live albums, um, but we also own the rights to that very um, quirky song. Can she do it like she dances? Yeah, we own, we own <laughs> oh that. <my>. that <laughs> Can she do it like she dances? That's a very naughty title, there. You know, so. <laughs> we really, so, we're yeah. so, we're so pleased. Um, we're not totally sure how we're going to release them or in what kind of format yet. But it, it, what a thrill that we've, you know, the, the David Jones estate has been absolutely superb, and there's been a few technicalities and things, but they've loved everything we've done. And how cool for us that we're going to have a David Jones release. You know, it's it's just awesome. Well, we can't wait to get our hands on those as Monkey fans. This is something that we're going to definitely be letting people know about and just another quality 7A production. Your packaging is just phenomenal. And anybody who's bought anything from you guys, it's definitely worth its weight. So, You know, that's kind of a really, really important thing to us. We've all bought reissues, not speaking specifically of the Monkeys, but we've all bought reissues where... The packaging has just been a bit flimsy or a bit cheap and um, you know I remember being a kid and you buy an album and, and opening the album and looking at the, the cover and reading the cover was all part of the experience of enjoying the music so you know we, we, we want it to be a complete package mm-hmm. and we don't really think we're doing it justice unless we, we find the best possible pictures of of Mickey or Davey or you know whoever we're working on because there are so many pictures out there so there's no excuse really not to have a good one Correct. Henry Diltz and um, uh, it's, it's um, Sherry, isn't it? Sherry Hansen. Yeah, yeah. Those have been the two, um, you know, people that are helping us massively with the pictures. So thank you to both of those people. Get, get Gary Strobel and Henry Diltz. Gary Strobel. And Sherry Hansen. Yeah. Sherry's a fantastic uh, photographer, and she's really been documenting the year of the monkeys live. It's just been fantastic. 
Oh, she's great. We, um, I mean, I've, I've known her for a while, and we message each other and, and, and stuff. Um, but when we put out a call for some pictures, I, I can't remember for which which thing it was first. But she got in touch, and her pictures are just, you know, she, they're phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So, um, you know, we we love her work, and she's been very helpful. Absolutely. So, Ian Lee, how was the big seven A event? Yeah, we did. It was, it was. I guess you'd call it a record launch for the MGM singles. We did it on on Sunday, the second of October, uh, my mum's birthday. Um, some of you may have watched it. We were streaming it live on the Facebook page. Yes. Um, and it was kind of an experiment to see if people would come, and they did. We had we had um, just under a hundred people there. It was a joy. We had live music. I think it was a success. Technically, it worked perfectly. Um, a couple of days before the the evening, Donna, Mickey's wife, very kindly sent us a little film that Mickey had filmed backstage, I think in Austin, just, you know, wishing everybody a great evening and sending his love. And that was a really nice way of opening the event. You know, even though Mickey wasn't there, it was nice to kind of have his, his, his blessing. Since it really was Mickey Palooza. It was, it was Mickey Fest. You know, it was yeah. Mickey Stock. It was Mickey Glastonbury. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, the, the whole reason, we had about 100 people turn up. Everyone who came got a free copy. They also got a free copy of um, a Live in Japan single, which we have a, about 400, I think, left. They will be available for sale online. You know, keep stay tuned, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we showed the short film that um, I made um, at the 2014 convention in New York or New Jersey. I don't know the difference. Um, a short film called Listen to the Fans, which also features Mickey and Mike and, and Bobby Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we had three musical acts on. Yes, Let me get the names right. We had um, Mark Rodriguez on first. We had... Um, uh, Richard Fairclough and Mickey Dias and at the end he turned up late but he turned up we had uh, Nathan Persad here's the interesting thing Kem when I knew that we had three musical acts I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a nightmare because they'd all choose the same songs so I sent them a, a round robin email saying guys fight it out which songs you get don't get me involved unless you really need me to otherwise it's all up to you and not one of them pick the same song it was incredible which i think just goes to show you know how rich the monkeys catalog is you know they not one of them picked the same song and they were all completely completely different you know mark was great as a kind of opening act getting everyone singing along richard and mickey did some really really tight two-part harmonies and nathan who came on the came on at the end he was nuts i'm gonna say it ken he was absolutely nuts just this ball of energy with his 12-string vox, and he started singing Shorty Blackwell, and he was making, you know, really obscure monkeys jokes, and he was real perfect ending to the evening. So they were great. Uh, as you know, you know, we were part of the big part of the evening was having Cersei Link and Christian yes. Nesmith join us via Skype, and I was terrified that wouldn't work, but it worked perfectly. There were a couple of glitches in the video, but otherwise it was just delightful. We had 25 minutes with them. I think they sang four or five songs. Mm-hmm. They answered questions. They talked about wanting to come to the UK, and we're going to kind of look into that. i tell you what it was, Ken. It was a really nice evening, full of love. Everybody was there because they love Mickey and because they love the monkeys. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was lovely. 
it was it was a gathering of friends. Now, some people I'd met 20 years ago at the Monkeys conventions. Some people I'd only met on Facebook. Some people I'd never, ever spoken to. But it was a real gathering of friends. And everybody, you know, by the end was chatting to different people. And um, it was a real celebration. It was a celebratory atmosphere. We're really pleased. We made a few quid that will get, uh, we made a few bucks for my American friends which will get put straight back into the new releases that we've got planned for next year, which means we can kind of deliver, you know, even better product than we were aiming for. It went well, Ken. It went well. It was a success, Ken. It worked. And and I was there. I know. You stayed for the whole thing. Isn't this incredible? You know, I remember years and years ago, not that long ago, actually, but um, Peter Cook, who was a very famous British comedian. Yes was on TV over here, and his partner, Dudley Moore, mm-hmm. obviously became a huge star in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And there was a big thing. They had a live satellite link-up with Dudley Moore in Los Angeles. And, you know, you had to book the satellite, and it cost thousands of pounds, and you only had that window for 12 minutes. And we had a live link-up with LA, with Cersei and Christian, that was free. We were streaming the whole event on Periscope. And throughout the whole evening, we had about 3,000 people mm-hmm. come and watch online, which is incredible, absolutely incredible, you know. And that the hardcore stayed till the end. And you, did you enjoy it, Ken? Did it work for you? I loved it. I, I, I really enjoyed the music. I loved the feel of everything. I wish I was there. We were kind of there because you gave away an amazing amount of zilch buttons. That's right. Or yeah, as you call them... As badges. you call them, badges. So Badges, yes. We had no buttons. People's jackets and trousers weren't falling down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we did. It was nice. It was nice. It was kind of hands across the water. But it's it, it's kind of nice to know that we've got allies and friends around the world. So it was you guys were, were very present, even though you were several thousand miles away. So thank you. Glad and it was nice. It was nice. It was actually quite surprising how many people, most people already knew about you. Oh, wow. You know, you, you're, fa- you're famous. Or infamous, uh, you know. <laughs> Well, it was, thank you for sending those 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 um, badges or buttons, as you call them. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sending them over, and it was kind of nice. Uh, if we felt connected, we felt connected, knowing that there were people watching from the states, knowing that we had the zilch um, uh, badges with us. Um, it felt like, especially, well, you know, this tiny pub in North London, but we were connected with the rest of the world, and it it, it really was really special. And we learned a lot. You know, if we do it again next year. You know, we've we've learned a few lessons about how to do it and, and when to do it and but I'm really pleased, Ken, and there's a lot of affection for, for seven A records, which is you know, is really touching to me and Glenn. Really touching. Well Zilch loves seven A. And seven A loves Zilch. When are we gonna get married? We already are. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> good. That's good. the badges with the little bad. pricks Thank on the help. end, you know. Watch you know, out. And, and promoting and stuff. We really appreciate your support. Thank you, man. Thank- it was, it was, you know, it was so nice to see your name flashing up on the screen and to know that you guys were there and, you know, getting the message out that we, you know, we couldn't get Facebook to work and stuff. So thank you for that. I re- we- we- Glenn and I genuinely really touched by all of your help. And it was good, I think, wasn't it? Was it, Glenn? What was the highlight for you, Glenn? Well, it was probably hearing you sing on stage. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, no, really, it was such a fantastic um, evening, and and it was a, it was a bit of an experiment for a new label like us. You know, uh, to have a record launch, uh, and and you know, we, we all know that there's a lot of fans in the states, and it's great that they're able to join us via Skype. 
well, it sounds like a great event, and and I look forward to see what else Seven A has up its collective sleeve. But you guys are also uh, now that you've had the premiere, in a sense, of Keep Off My Grass. It is now coming to you available on DVD. It is Keep Off My Grass. Is this is this has been a project that has bugged me for years and years and years <laughs> and it's been a nightmare and it's been a real learning curve for me Ken I, I've never released a DVD I haven't got a clue how to do it but it's happening it's a mid-70s stoner comedy um, I've, I've got to stress this because I don't want anyone getting uh, getting angry with me like some people did because 12 seconds was missing from the, the monkey's blu-ray the quality the video quality is not very good I've had it cleaned up by a brilliant um, guy called Garrett Gilchrist who's cleaned it up and done a brilliant job but it came from a VHS of a projection of a really bad quality so don't expect you know HD or Blu-ray quality um, I've been after this for years and years I've told the story on here before of how I tracked it down and it, you know if I think someone sends me an email I'll tell them again but um, it's finally available you get the film you get the trailer for the film. You get an interview with Marcus J. Grapes, who's one of the stars of the film. You get a short 10-minute how I, how, I, how I managed to track down the film, so the story's on there. There's also, and this for me is the selling point, guys, um, the movie has a commentary, not by the directors, not by the stars. Who wants to hear from those guys? The movie has a commentary by the cast of the Zilchcast, a oh monkey's podcast. My. It's you guys, Ken, it's you and Sarah <laughs> and Melanie, it's you guys, and it's it's brilliant, and it really makes the film for me, so thank you for doing that. It was it was a lot of fun to do, and, uh, you know, speaking on behalf of Jeff and Craig and Sarah and Melanie, it was, it was quite a fun day doing that, and it was neat because we had to watch the film a couple times, and, uh, the, the you know, calling it a stoner comedy isn't, the whole story because no, there's more to it than that definitely and it really has more to do with like social experimentation or how things play out in a community and that may not sound like a fun thing but that's really the crux of it and how we treat one another and how we want to be treated that that's really the, the 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 big thing of it to me and there's a lot of cool monkey references especially on our commentary yeah <laughs> where oh, we draw parallels and the movies, you know, the movies, it's fun. It's not a classic, but I know that a lot of people have been after this. Um, I don't have the link for where it's going to be sold. Um, it's going to be on Create Space. It's being made by Create Space, uh -huh. which is this brilliant website. I know um, uh, Fred Velez used it for his book. I think he yes. did. And maybe Melanie did for her book as well. I'm not sure. Basically, it saves me printing up you know, burning 500 copies and having them in my room. When people order a copy, that copy is then made for them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to, I don't have the link on me, but I will give you the link, Ken. And mate, if you'd be so kind as to post it on your page, that would be awesome. It's going to be, I don't know how much it's going to be. It's going to be about $22, $23, I think. And it's, and, and that's just simply the way that this whole thing is, is had to be funded and, put together and it's really really complicated i hope people don't think it's a rip-off i hope people enjoy it as an historical artifact it'll be on amazon uh, amazon after christmas as well at some right. point but um you know it's 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 been ye three years i've been doing this and it's been a bloody nightmare and i'm so glad it's out there and i never want to do it again <laughs> <laughs> but it but but it, it was worth it again you're saving something that had been lost to time and obscurity and 
now well, I, it's I've here. I've never seen it. I've never seen the film, and I, I really look forward to seeing it. Well, Glenn, Glenn you, you, you buy one off me. You keep asking for a free one. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Come on, give me some cash. Um, no, I've got. Oh, you, you, I'll, I'll, I'll buy one off you. Don't All worry, we really need is cash. I just know that for a single disc, some people might consider it a bit pricey, particularly when they see the the, the, the quality of the film. But. Um, you know, unless I was pressing ten thousand copies, that would be the only way to get it really cheap. I just, I just hope people dig it and 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 they realise it's been a labour of love and it's been hard work and you know it is what it is. Not only do you get the film "Keep Off My Grass," but you get the commentate, uh, the the commentary track from the Zilch staff. And not only that, Ian, it's time to let something out of the bag. Yeah, you also get um, a free eighth of weed. I'm joking. No, no, no. You no. no, there... <laughs> no. Do not contone drug taking. <laughs> but there's also a Easter egg, an exclusive oh. Easter egg of Mickey and Coco singing. Oh, there is. I forgot, I, and I'd forgotten. I'd put the Easter egg in there. It's not particularly well hidden. People will will um, will find it. But yeah, there's a nice I'll... little Easter egg of, of Mickey at the 2014 convention with Coco, which is tucked away somewhere thank you for reminding me well i will i will give a hint as to where to find the easter egg when you uh uh have the menu just click up that's all i'll say (laughs) click up and again i've got to say that there's a guy called chris evans who runs a company over here called go faster stripe um and he, he does this for his living but he 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 created that disc for me for free as a favor um, so go and check out gofasterstripe.com because they've got loads of, if you like British comedy and stuff they've got loads of British comedians and things on there and it, he did me a great favor so thank you to Chris and not only is each copy custom made per purchaser it yep. is made in America yep oh yeah the land of the free da, 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 da. I'm standing and, at attention now yes yes but not only that, you get to see Mickey wear something that. Oh yeah. Uh, for the first time since the monkeys he wore. You want to yeah, tell yeah, people yeah. what that is? No, I want people to to watch it and find out. But, oh, okay. but, but by coincidence, this has got nothing to do with me. But there's a brilliant book out called um, "The Monkey's Head in the Sixties by yes. Peter Mills. Yes. He's, um, and I know I think he's coming on at some point. Yes. Um, plus, plus he's rel- You know, he's related to me. You know. <laughs> Actually, he's not. But you know it's the name. The best, it's the best monkeys book I've ever read. Wow, well, it's that's, brilliant. That's and definitely that's, high know, praise. Nothing to do with me. Go, go and buy that, guys. Well, we definitely will. So we look forward to folks picking up "Keep Off My Grass" and for folks yep. to pick up the wonderful. I'm going to call it the box set within a CD. Uh, <laughs> you know, from 7A, the Mickey Dolan's, the MGM Singles Collection. It's okay, can just I be fantastic. really boring and just do a little cheeky plug? If yeah, anyone please. wants to find out more about our other releases, you know, uh, and we are very open to questions and suggestions, and if you've got rare tapes, you can either follow us on Twitter at 7A Records, and it's the number 7A Records, or at if you go number? to facebook.com slash 7A Records. At what number? 7A! <laughs> oh, okay. We are trying to put together the ultimate Monkeys tribute album. Yes. And we encourage people to send us demos. Uh, there's so many great cover versions out there. And we kind of feel that um, it's been a while since a decent one has been done. And I think if we, um, if we give this a lot of effort and we really look around for the best possible covers, we can probably put something really good together. Yeah, you're you're right, Glenn. Thanks for, for reminding me of that. It is we want this to be a fans, uh, you know, fans doing their cover versions of the monkeys. Um, 
uh, we've got quite a few already. My suggestion um, is going to be pe people are going to be picked on merit. It's not going to be who gets in first. But I've got a feeling we're going to get like eight versions of Pleasant Valley Sunday and 16 Daydream Believers. If you want to stand a stronger chance of, uh, of getting on the compilation, uh, pick one of the obscure songs. That's my suggestion. And if you could email them in WAV format, ideally, ideally, to um, uh, Ian, I-A-I-N, at 7arecords.com. Ian, I-A-I-N, at 7arecords.com. That will be awesome, and it's going to be it's going to be for charity, you know. So um, yeah, that is, it's important to mention that this is purely for charity. We won't make any profits off this. We want to release a tribute album that's all for charity. That would be fantastic. So the charity will be the support Ian Lee in his old age <laughs> funds, which is a very big charity over here in the UK. We don't know what it's going to be yet. We'll find something yeah, that's appropriate we'll, we'll... for Monkeys fans. But um, but yeah, so I've been sent loads, and there's been some absolutely brilliant stuff. There's some real talent listening to to this podcast now. So you could be on a Monkeys tribute album. Mm -hmm. Ian Lee, just just uh, you know, before we wrap things up, I have to ask you this question: What do you think of the recent Pantages? Uh, recording release that was put out in fan circles by uh, Elliot Marks. Heartbreaking. And I say that, you know, I, that comes from a place of love and respect. Brilliant that Elliot did it. I mean, it's so great. I'm so, one of the great things about the internet is that it has, that, that people share this stuff freely, you know, and there, there are places you can go and buy all this stuff, um, but people share this stuff freely. And I think that's such a, you, there's a real sense of community. And that concert was heartbreaking, you know, because if it, it probably will be Nez's last monkey concert, although, you know, who knows with Never these guys, who knows. But um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, hipster. Oh, come on. Hipster live. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> fantastic well I want to thank you guys for stopping by Zilch headquarters today and dialing yourself in transporting yourself if you will just always great to hear from you Ian Lee and thank you Glenn for being on the show finally uh, making, a, making a rare appearance coming out of the shadows well thank <laughs> you so much for having me you do exist uh <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support, Ken. It really is, um, yeah. you know, it, it means, honestly, I consider you kind of uh, an extension of 7A and I consider us an extension of Zilch. You know, you and, and, and Sarah and Melanie and everybody that works on the show uh, have been so helpful to us and, and we wouldn't have got any, you know, we wouldn't have got halfway down this road without your help. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, yep. that means a lot. I always look at Zilch as the Justice League of the Monkeys fan community <laughs> we've got people like al bigley lending a hand and fred velez and jeff Geringer, and there's so many people so many people yeah. melinda flowers gildart just so many people that oh melinda bought me melinda i mean this is how insane the world is melinda um uh bought me the um the the record store the the vinyl box set i mean i paid for it i sent her the money but she bought me that massive great honking box set and sent it over to me how amazing! I've never met the woman. I've just spoken to her on Facebook. What what delightful person, you know? So thank you, Melinda, and, and all of those people. Just fantastic. We are blessed to live in these great times and good times, actually. There's another. What have we got? Another two and a half months or so. Just just over two months of the year of the monkey. What else can happen, Ken? What else can happen? Just in time for <laughs> Christmas. What do you think of Peter Tork singing Mia Magdalena with Mickey? It sounded really good. I was I was. Um... Yeah, I was I was blown away by listening to it. That was uh, I um, you just don't know what to expect, do you? Because um, no, 
you never do, and that's one of the surprises of being a Monkey fan. You guys know I'm a Kiss fan. And it's sad that, like, if they do a song from their back catalog, and let's say one person is in the band, everybody gets bent out of shape, because that's so-and-so's song, and that's so-and-so's signature song. But the Monkees have always been like, hey, if that guy's not here, it's a Monkey song, we're singing it. And I, I love that. I love that. So, again, we want to thank you once again. 7A is doing it, and doing it well. Thank you for being on this episode of Zilch. And we, of course, check the show notes for the links and everything, for, for all the fine stuff you can get a hold of in this, the year of the monkeys. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Ken. And thank you, Ian. Peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love, peace and love. Thank well, you. Ken, always a pleasure. All right, we'll see you. And now it's time for our color cast commentary. Sarah, do you want to push the big button? remote there to, to get it started click hey wait a minute guys you know what it's 7 36 30 central time it's time for the monkeys i wonder if anybody around here's got a television set hi friends ralph williams one of the world's largest the monkeys brought to you by kellogg Tonight's Monkey's Color Cast commentary is brought to you by The Remington Clinic. Listeners, are you depressed? Stressed? Need to decompress? Dr. Markovich and the friendly professional staff at The Remington Clinic are here for you. After just one visit, you'll leave all your cares behind and gain a whole new outlook on life. Welcome to our color cast commentary for The Case of the Missing Monkey. This episode originally aired on the 9th of January, 1967. I am Jeff Hewlett, and with me once again is monkey magic author Melanie Mitchell. Hello! Hi there, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. Wonderful. You know, as I was watching this episode, Melanie, I had a thought, uh, and I, I knew that you would have the answer to this, Uh-oh. so I have it written down here to ask you about, and I, I thought it was interesting that there's a building in this episode called the Remington Clinic, and, and I kept getting the feeling that this was a redressed building of some other kind. Do you know what that building actually was? I'm fairly certain that hmm. it is a building on the Sunset and Gower lot. Oh, okay. um, there's an arched doorway that we see briefly that has lined with uh, stone. And that same doorway is seen in a couple of other episodes. Um, it's the entrance to a police station. Hmm. And I think it's also the entrance to City Hall in Monkey Mayor. Wow. So, yeah, it, it, it shows up a few times. It also, that same building appears in the beginning of Monkeys in the Ring. Not that doorway, but the building itself is pretty prominent in the scene where Peter is dropping pistachio nuts all over the place and Davy gets into a fight with a bully. Oh, wow. So that's the, that's the building in the, the back, you know, the, where the ladder is, is also something that I've seen in other episodes. I think I saw it in Head. Hmm. So, it, yeah, they're, they're on the Sunset and Gower lot. What's interesting to me is I have a copy of the script. And the script has it as the Claremont Rest Home rather okay. than the Remington Clinic, huh. which is kind of weird because you know they describe it as a rest home. They say it has a beautiful long driveway and a lovely sloping lawn, but it also uh, has an operating room. And I don't know why a yeah. rest home would have an operating room. That is weird. I, I don't think I've ever been in a rest home that has an operating room. <laughs> 
But there is one line in the episode that didn't get changed when they changed the rest home to a, a clinic. Oh, wow. I think Markovich is telling Bruno, you know, we must not allow what's going on to interfere with the yep. smooth operations of this rest home. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> didn't It comes off a little bit weird uh, during the – I'm sure we'll, we'll mention it as it happens mm-hmm. uh, when we get into our commentary. Uh, I always thought he said rest room. Yeah, you know, he's got that he's, – he's doing that really funny accent uh, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes it hard to understand some of the things that he's saying. So it, it does kind of sound like restroom a little bit. <laughs> but before we get into talking about the case of the missing monkey as we always do on our color cast commentaries, Melanie, do we have any unfinished business from our previous color cast for Son of a Gypsy? We certainly do. Awesome. Well, one question that you asked me during that episode was, did they use those off-white kind of cream-colored eight-button shirts ever again? And the answer is yes. In this very episode, the one we're doing today, Case of the Missing Monkey, we'll see them um, in the beginning of that episode. And they were used again in Captain Crocodile and also in Monkeys on Tour. Sweet. Very cool. Anything else? I have to give a hat tip to the Sunshine Factory because they have uh, the index that allows me to pick up all the screenshots that feature any article of clothing that I want. It's very quick. That's a, What an undertaking it must have been to create that. Yeah, not only that, but she's starting to update her screenshots with screenshots from the Blu-ray. Nice. So if you thought you'd seen her screenshots before, they're getting better. Wow. That, and God, I have to give my hat to her because that's a, that, to redo all of that work over again, I, that's dedication. That's the Sunshine Factory, where the discerning Monkeys fan goes for all their screenshots. (laughs) Now, yes, we do have more. Um, Michael Rice quickly pointed out that Davy's little three-quarter inch, three-quarter inch, three-quarter scale uh, Gretsch bass can be seen again in the episode Monkeys Get Out and More Dirt. Ironically, Mike is holding it. I'm not sure why. Um... Michael uh, posted a screenshot from that episode and immediately Michelle Taylor immediately pointed out that in that very same screenshot, Davey is wearing a watch. So there, I am not going to spend hours searching for more images with a wristwatch peeking out from under Davey's sleeve. (laughs) Um, I had said that um, Marco was wearing the sheepskin vest that appears in several episodes. Um, I'm going to take that back. I did some examining, and I'm pretty sure it is a different sheepskin vest. Sorry about that. And finally, I have to give a big thanks to Facebook member Aubrey Winter, who got out his Blu-ray and zeroed in so close on the buttons pinned to Mickey's tuxedo jacket that we were able to identify at least some of them. You asked? Here it comes. There was an eagle, a cherub, a deer... Two American flags. And something that looks like it might be a cartoon image of a man smoking a pipe. A couple of the buttons had words on them, one of which appears to be hurrah for Skeffington. And if it is, then that's probably a prop from the movie The Last Hurrah, which was a Columbia Pictures production and featured a politician named Skeffington. And finally, the blue ribbon dangling from one of the buttons um, does not say first place, as you might expect it to. It says delegate. So, you asked, Aubrey Winter found out. Awesome work, Aubrey. Thank you. Excellent. And, you know, that's a testament to technology. Getting a Blu-ray and it's much higher resolution and being able to do some freeze frames, you know, that's, it's incredible that we can actually get that kind of detail now. 
I got to tell you, though, even with the Blu-ray and the freeze frame, Aubrey still had to have really sharp eyes to pull out some of those details because it was really hard to see. Okay, so let's get into talking about the case of the missing monkey. And we've got kind of a small set of uh, guest actors and actresses for this one, but we've got some pretty heavy hitters in my estimation. You want to jump in, uh, Melanie? Well, I was really amazed when I was looking at the IMDb credits, how far back yeah. all of these, or most of these actors go. Incredible. Um, uh, Norbert Schiller um, is the uh, Dr. Schnitzler. Hmm. Doesn't have a whole lot to do in this episode, but his IMDb records go all the way back to 1922. That's incredible. Yeah. He appeared in an Austrian film called Mariota di Tanzerin. But, I mean, it just went on and on and on and on for pages and pages and pages. I didn't write down any others, but he basically was playing, you know, various ethnic um, thick accent roles um, all over the place and just about everything that was on television and in the movies. Um, Vincent Gardenia who plays Bruno, the uh, physical therapist and associate bad guy. His IMDb credits go all the way back to 1945. Yeah, he's a very, very famous actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Recurring roles on All All in the Family, Breaking Away and L.A. Law, guest roles on everything. He was nominated twice for an Oscar. Really? um, Both times for supporting actor in the movie Moonstruck in 1988. Remember that one. And banged the drum slowly in 1974. Huh. And he also won a Supporting Actor Emmy for something called Age Old Friends, which I think was a miniseries or a, a special in 1989. Very cool. Nancy Fish, who plays the nurse. I just adore her. I checked to see how old she was. She was 29 years old when they made this episode. Wow. Um, and The Monkees was her first screen role. So really? if you look at her IMDb record, The Monkees is the first thing that she has on it. That's cool. She's also played nurses on General Hospital and in the X-Files and had a recurring role on the TV show Roseanne. Nice. Yeah, I so thought I recognized quite active. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. And she was in um, one of my guilty pleasure movies, The Mask. I love The Mask. Jim Carrey. Yeah, that was a great movie. The second one, not so much. But <laughs> – and she was also weirdly – I don't know if you know this movie and I don't know if people out there in the audience know this movie. But I remember um, – in the, in the early 90s, there was a bizarre movie called Dr. Giggles that she was also in. It horrible no, film. I do not remember Dr. Giggles. It's horrible. It's, it's really horrible. It's one of those kind of slasher movies, kind of twisted a little bit. But, but um, yeah, she happens to be in that as well. And look that up. You, you don't have to watch it. Just look the movie up. It's really, really weird. But uh, who does that leave? Oh, oh, Vito Scotti, right? We haven't talked about him yet. He's um, Dr. Markovich in this episode. Uh, You know, something I thought was really cool about this, and this is probably purely coincidental with the casting, but Vito Scotti and uh, Vincent Gardinia both lived in Naples in their youth. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, how rare is that? So they immigrate, him and his family immigrated to the U.S. where his mother was uh, in Italian theater in New York. And that's kind of how um, Vito got into acting and, and learned a lot of his comedic uh, timing. So he has a huge, huge list on IMDb, like everybody else in this episode does, dating back to about 1949-ish. Um, he's been on 
tons of prominent television shows. There's also a Star Trek connection here. He was on the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, so you know we know Lucille Ball had a lot to do with Star Trek. <laughs> um, Perry Mason, Wagon Train, Bonanza, Twilight Zone, twice. The Rifleman, My Favorite Martian Adams Family, four episodes of Gilligan's Island, which is kind of cool. Two of which he played a doctor. And, and one of which he played a Japanese soldier who didn't know the World War II had ended. Exactly. And which is really, it's actually, that's applicable to this episode. And we'll get to that when we, when we get into it. Yeah. Also, another connection to this episode, he was in two episodes of Batman. Batman gets referenced in this episode of the monkeys as well, which I thought was kind of cool. And he also appeared in Head as yep. a character called I Vitaloni. So mm-hmm. pretty neat that he also winds up in Head. He was the tank commander who surrendered to Mickey in the desert. Yes, 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 yes he was. Very. I love the fact that he wound up in Head. And of course, I have to mention really quickly, he was also in The Godfather. So a uh, very, very famous film. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away in 1996 at the age of 78 years old. So Yeah, I think of our guest stars, only Nancy Fish is still with us. Yeah, I, yep. I think you're right on that. I think you're right on that. So, all right. Are we ready to get into the commentary track for this episode? Do you have any other notes you'd like to share? Written by Gerald Gardner and Dee mm-hmm. Caruso, yep. uh, who are script and story editors, and directed by Bob Rafelson. This is the last regularly scripted episode of The Monkees that Bob Rafelson will direct. He did a whole bunch right up front, and then he did this one in the middle of the first season. And the only two episodes he'll direct in the future are Monkeys on Tour and Monkeys in Paris, neither of which had a script or much of a script. And, of course, he directed Head. Cool. Very, very cool. So are you ready to jump into the commentary, Melanie? Now I think I am, yes. Okay. So we will get started with our color cast commentary for the case of the missing monkey in three, two, one. And there is our familiar ballroom again, redressed as a banquet hall. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the fact that they keep reusing this room. Yeah, it shows up in a lot more episodes than you think it does. But this time it's pretty obvious because you can see the stage. Um, yeah. But the, the green walls and the fluted pilasters always gives it away. It always does. And the, there are those white eight-button shirts that you asked about. Yeah. <laughs> you know now what? notice oh, we don't ahead. actually see the note change hands. No, they you cut don't. away. So that bit of business where he passes the note off to Peter. Why in the world did he pass the note off to Peter? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> did you – um, did you happen to notice, I'm sure you've watched this episode many, many times. Did you happen to notice this episode, in my mind, has a lot more Peter as the dummy references than usual? There's it so does. Many of them. It does, but at the same time, they're not him actually being dumb. No. They're just... It, yeah, they just make him out to be dumb. And, I, yeah. you know, is, the, is Peter uh, resonating with the professor's kind of – uh, goofy speech. Is that another kind of silent nod to, to Peter being the dummy? I think it was actually the speech, what, while it was vague, what he said, it was ever so slightly political. Mm-hmm, yep. So there was just a slight implication there that this was some kind of political speech from a scientist. Yeah, I think there's a couple of other references in this episode to um, the medical industry in general. Yeah. And the uh, fact that, that, that Peter sought him out to thank him for his talk. Yeah. Again, you say a lot of references to him being the dummy, but in this case, it's actually a, a, 
you know, he's aware of what the professor said. You know, he wanted to thank the man for his talk. He wasn't ignoring it. It it meant something to him. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, he's he's not being dumb. He's just there's a lot of dumb jokes. Yeah. I, I you know, did you notice that Mike quickly whisks the note away from Peter, saying that they have to play, but they don't actually start playing. They don't, no, they don't. Well, Peter wanders off, which makes it kind of hard to play. But notice also that Peter said um, they are taking me to the Remington Clinic. But when Mike reads the note in a moment, it's going to say something else. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. That's great. I was a little more concerned with the fact that they actually went ahead and played the gig without looking for Peter first. <laughs> because oh. they're, they're putting their instruments away. Oh, and yeah, they walked out saying, hey, you know, Peter disappeared. <laughs> By the way, this is two episodes in a row where Peter's been separated from the others. So we have oh, a three-man rescue group. That happened in Son of a Gypsy as well. Oh, wow, right. Now, Mike pulls out the note, but now it says, they are taking me. Before it says, I am, no, it says, I am being taken to. Before it said, they are taking me to. Well, was, so that, was that written in the script that way? I, uh, no. They've just memorized it wrong. One of, oh. one of them memorized it wrong. That's okay. the doorway I mentioned that shows oh, right. that, that that's the same entrance as the police station in, I think it's alias Mickey Dolan's. So knowing that this is not actually the Remington Clinic, so that means that all the signage it has, was manufactured and mounted on the building for this episode? Yep, they probably got a shop there on the on the set that'll make realistic-looking signs. Yeah, it looks it looked like it was actually part of the building. At the studio. I meant not the set, on the studio. Yeah. Um, by the way, this nurse role I think is rather interesting because she's a young person. Yes. And usually we're sort of – um, programmed to associate young people with being the good guys. And yet she's in that sort of role that usually the older adults have in this TV show, which is they're mm. obstructionist, they're difficult, they're rude. You know, she's she's not helpful at all. No. And, well, you know, uh, didn't you say she was 29 when she filmed? She was 29, yeah. For some mm -hmm. reason, I she comes across as older. I guess that's just really? the mannerisms to me. Really? And I see, I thought she would look younger. No, I, I, I kind of felt like she looks a little older than that. But I, my, <laughs> I think it was based – it was my opinion was based on the way that she's portraying the nurse. Because she's acting as a typical older person. Well, so we take your opinion and my opinion, add them together, divide by two, and she's exactly the right age. There you go. She's 29. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh. So now we see a hallway outside the ballroom. That's not something we usually see. No, not at all. And something else I wanted to really quickly throw out there, and when they're walking away, they were told to go to the police. And as they're walking away, Davey mumbles, we're going to go see the man or go see the man. Oh, did he? <laughs> I thought that was cool. That he kind of throws that in there. And so now we've got the redress ballroom as an Asian restaurant. So do you think this is, this may be in my mind is one of those things that you couldn't get away with on TV today? This annoys the hell out of me. This, yeah. this disguise with the fake Chinese accent and the stilted English. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that this is a, this is an evil somewhere in Europe bad guy pretending to be Chinese. Yeah. So. <laughs> You shouldn't be offended because it is the bad guy who is doing the offending here. Hmm. Um, and we actually get to see him strip off the, uh, the, makeup, the makeup. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they did an interesting job on the makeup. It definitely looks like makeup. 
man, it looks terrible. It's a little bit strange. I mean, and I, I don't, don't really get this gag, this Davy gag about disappearing in Chinese restaurants. That's an old an old saying that after you eat Chinese food, a half an hour later you're hungry again. Yeah, I know that part, but I, I wasn't sure what the what the they rewrote it essentially to say that you disappear. Yeah. Well, half, half an, an hour, hour later, later the yeah, the I, restaurant has. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's not a good. It's not a very good joke. No. But now this is interesting. Davy has supposedly been in an accident, and yet he already has a cast on one arm and a and crutch. And on his head. Yeah. So clearly he's already had some medical attention. Mm. <laughs> so is in this scene, I, I wanna, I'm going to reverence your monkey's knowledge here. Mm-hmm. Is this the first time the monkeys actually say their street address? No. The street address was uh, mentioned in Your Friendly Neighborhood Kidnappers. Ah, good call. So 1430 yeah. – and it was the same, 1430 – No, it's North a different Beach address. Oh, it's, it's a, a different address. It's a different address. They had a different number. Um, Davies hit, hit his head and he ah, can't okay. remember his address correctly. So which one is the correct address? I don't know. They're both buildings on the Sunset and Gower lot. Oh, okay. I got so, you. So if any fan actually tried to find that, they'd wind up at the lot. Ah, cool. Yeah, I've, I've, I've Google mapped both addresses. The other one's 1334, I think. Um, but they're both Beachwood in – supposedly in Malibu, but it's really Los Angeles. Anyway, um, she has asked him or will be asking him – I've lost track now um, – whether he knows his zip code. Yes. Uh, zip codes were introduced in the early 60s, but they weren't mandatory until 1967. So oh, people were still not quite in the habit of using them. You had to be encouraged to put the zip code on the letter. Ah, uh, okay. So that's the gag. Yeah. And she also asks him if he, he's eligible for Medicare. Yes. And that's another brand new thing. Medicare was like brand new in 1966, I think was the year. So, you know, it was it was sort of like if you were making the same episode today, the joke would be, are you are you eligible for Obamacare? Right. You know, it was, it was current. It was in the news. There's the equivalent. Yeah. I like the the, the – the gag on the slow medical system and the fact they can't see him until the 13th. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, it, it kind of struck me as funny because they were joking about it back then and we still haven't solved it today, 50 no. years later. <laughs> the same problems today. Now, this is the second time that Davy sang the old folks at home. He sang yeah. it before in The Spy Who Came In From The Cool. Mm-hmm. And there they are climbing up the, the – this is a, a building that we can see, I believe, in head. It yes. has a balcony that you get just a glimpse of. But there, this is basically the street. This is, I think, um, Beechwood. This is the street that runs down the middle of the lot. And there's a Batman reference, by the way, the yes. Bat Hook. The Bat Hook. <laughs> so do you know, happen to know if, the, if they were actually climbing up this ladder? Uh, they do oh, this- yeah. Underneath shot. That that shot right there, is that actually them doing that? Yeah. But the thing is, the the building is only about three stories high. So That seems like an insurance nightmare. They use forced perspective to – well, they may not climb very high, but they they are on the ladder. And, of course, this is not the window that they were climbing to. This is a fake window with a fake backdrop behind it. Now, I got to tell you, this room and the things in it, yeah, scared the willies out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, it's this, a really weird amalgamation of stuff. This is this is one of the few episodes that I'm sure I saw as a young girl because it it, it affects me at a very gut level. Hmm. There are things in this room that did not make sense to me when I was a kid. I didn't know what physical therapy was. I didn't know why the bad guy was giving physical therapy. Yeah, and these kind of look like torture devices. Some of them kind of <laughs> do. Um, yeah, you know, the, the little steam. 
uh, sauna thing there. Yeah. Steam uh, cabinet steam and the cabinet, yep. pulleys, the weight pulleys on the wall. Um, I just did, I didn't understand what this was, and it was just really scary. And there's also, I mean, you don't want medicine to be used as a weapon of evil. No. It, this episode really disturbed me as a kid. I can understand that. Now, why they're here disgusting their plans in front of Peter, I do not know. Yeah. That, well, we need a way to reveal what's really going on here. That's true. And it does set up one of your jokes about he knows too much. Thank you. Yeah. Another <laughs> dummy reference. But uh, I like that Peter quotes the quotes uh, Ben Casey here. He does a very good job with it, too. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Excellent acting here. Again, here's another case of somebody being very loosely tied up in a monkey's yeah. episode. <laughs> but oh, uh, I gone. do not know whether that's actual dialogue from an actual Ben Casey episode. or I just should have looked that up, too. I, I have no way of knowing uh, yeah, I don't without either. watching the entire series. Well, I'd only have to watch Act 1 of the entire series because, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> So anyway, this is one of my favorite gags. Um, Captain Marvel was one of my favorite comic book heroes when I was a kid, and uh, Peter uses that transformation word. And yeah, Shazam. It doesn't work. I love that they have two superhero references in this episode. But, you know, I also like the fact that what, even though it didn't work, he was attempting to invoke his superpowers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was trying to become a monkey man. Yeah. <laughs> and you wonder why they can't just do that at will. Shouldn't they be know. able to just become monkey men anytime? Uh, well, I don't know. I Maybe he couldn't do the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil gesture with his hands tied up. Uh, yeah, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> now, that maternity ward hallway is just a painted backdrop. During the romp later on, we'll see them run every which way around that hallway but without that, ever yeah. going into the maternity ward because it's not real. It's a very well done backdrop though. At a quick yeah. glance, you don't even notice that it's no. a painted backdrop. They lined it up well, but I said I didn't understand what this device was. It looks like a torture device to me. It kind of does. Uh, but of it, course it's a weightlifting device and yeah. Mickey's using it completely incorrectly. Well, he's also only got about you know 10 pounds of weight on it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you don't and, find those in gyms anymore. This was a fad back then. Oh, yeah. This device that Davey is using. But I, one thing I found really amusing about this is the fact that they overlaid, like, kind of clunky machine sound effects uh, <laughs> while it was – and those those were actually a really big fad for a while. I remember there was one in my grandparents' house. Yeah? When I was a kid, yeah. And, and they really thought that that would um, get rid of belly fat if you stood there and let that thing – Rub your stomach. Yep. Uh, it didn't work. Right. Well, the rowing machine was another I- device I simply couldn't understand what it was supposed to be. It's, it just looked like a weird contraption that the bad guy wants you to do something with. I don't know. Yeah. I actually own a rowing machine. It looks nothing like that. So this is <laughs> yeah. the old rowing machine. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, and this is an interesting concept to me. That Now, did, did this guy supposedly invent this mind-erasing device? Is that his diabolical machine? I have no idea. They don't really go into – I mean, who would manufacture something like that? Well, maybe he brought it with him. Oh, maybe it's an evil gadget from um, – from the, Whatever, the country he comes from. Which we never do find out. And this is no. a wonderful metatextual moment or breaking the fourth wall moment. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> so they're actually acknowledging that they're on a TV show by receiving a call from TV Guide. Yeah. 
giving them. Jimmy Guide has to stop the presses because they just got an update. <laughs> Actually, kind of brilliant. That's one of the really great little, you know. And now that that, that little machine, I wonder what that is because there's a little that that little stalk that comes out of it and it's blowing steam or smoke <laughs> at Peter. So was that something? It was that a smoke machine that they redressed? I have no idea. Oh, maybe that's something for our um, our next unfinished business. I have to say this now, Scooby Doo, where <laughs> are <Scooby>. you? <laughs> I love how they reuse this romp footage uh, mm-hmm. as a while Peter's getting his memory erased. So his, he's thinking of all of uh-huh. these romps and the, the the motorbike riding and the the beach of the swing set mm-hmm. and all that. Now, is it was this stuff improved? Davy with the magnifying glass. It might have been something from the romp that they just stuck in there because they needed a transition shot to show the guys were searching because we don't actually see them searching. They say they've searched 39 rooms, but we don't see them anywhere but the physical therapy room. Yep. And then Peter just happens to walk in. They said they searched everywhere. Obviously, they didn't. Or they would have found Peter because Peter was there. And I love how Peter (laughs) immediately just goes to, I've never seen you guys before in my life. Well, yeah. Doesn't say anything else. It immediately goes to that. Straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> this is similar to a scene in another episode where they're trying to scare the hiccups out of Peter. Yes. yes. And I love that the monkey, the audience knows that Peter has been uh, given temporary amnesia, but the, the other monkeys are just theorizing that he does. They have yeah. no proof that that's actually what happened to him. And they're going to scare it out of him, which... Um, oh. It strangely enough works. So what it was Mickey's mean? idea, and Mickey is their mad scientist. So. Yes, yeah. So <laughs> it's amazing the medical knowledge that Mickey possesses. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so, a fun scene. I, I kind of like this scene. I, I feel like this is more great improv mm-hmm. by the monkeys here. All four of them do a great job in this, especially I think Peter. It's, yeah, it's very natural the way he addresses date. Davy as Mickey and then Mickey Davy says he remembers me. Oh wait a minute, I'm not I'm Davy. You know that that whole sequence the timing is just so beautiful on it. Yeah. That that's that's a testament to how great these guys were together. Mhm. Fantastic stuff. So, yeah, more um more dummy stuff coming up for Peter here too. Well, yeah, the fact that he doesn't remember what the plan was because he forgot, you know, it's, well, it wasn't his fault, but yeah. yeah. Here's another contrast too, where the nurse is going to come in and he's, he's complaining that he, he doesn't want to always have to play the dummy role. And right. the nurse is going to say, he asks a smart question and mm-hmm. he gets complimented. So you get a lot of back and forth. Uh, sure. Peter's the dummy. And thing. She gives him one of her magic cough drops. Notice he doesn't have a cough. No, but, but I love the fact that they're referencing these drugs that get you high. These, she's handing them out. Boy, yeah. she really enjoys giving that uh, special thrill to any patient she meets. And she pumped her shelf full of them earlier. <laughs> she was shoving them in her mouth. <laughs> so I, I wonder if that was some kind of a, a backhanded statement about you know the medical industry. I, I just think it was a sly drug reference, but, you know. Probably was. You might be right on that one. <laughs> And I love not, that, your, not one of your standard brands. No, I love that that Mike refer, references Mickey as crafty and selfish. Yeah, it's interesting that they figure they can pass Mickey off as Schnitzler just because the mask will be covering his mouth and nose. Yeah. Never mind his long dark hair. Exactly, completely different color of hair. 
And no one notices, though. They were right. Yeah. And they it's right. cute how they all crowd underneath this gurney. Yeah, and I like the shot that they get underneath the gurney as it's going down the hallway where you see the mm. three guys in there shuffling their feet. Right. Like, but that it's was very really Im- brilliant. It's very important that they shuffle their feet now because the gurney is going to make an escape later on. And yeah. we need to know that, that they can do that. I wonder how they got this. that shot, by the way. That was interesting to see that. They're, I mean, obviously the gurney was moving and they're all – there you go. Um, Actually, I think possibly the gurney was – well, no. Yeah, it's moving. Okay. I was going to say maybe the gurney was holding still and the camera was moving, but – and here we go. Now, here's where they should have known that, that was Mickey. Yeah. See, it looks like the oxygen mask actually falls off of him there. But they slide <laughs> the camera over so you don't – and Mickey turns his head so you don't really see it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> and there goes the, some good the gurney making it's getting away. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. There it goes. <laughs> I love the clumsy way it crashes into things on its way out the door. I wonder how many times they had to do that take. <laughs> oh, knowing this show, it was probably one. They just let it go. Now, watch the business with the gloves because it's really quite funny how Davey puts the gloves on Mike's hands completely wrong. Yeah. And multiple times. Yeah. And then Davey – Peter holds up his hands hoping to get gloves too, but Davey just keeps putting them on Mike. I love how Mike gets to be the doctor. Yeah. And he he actually (laughs) took off the wool hat in order to put the head cover on. So now his gloves are perfect. There's, there's no – the gloves fixed themselves as he walked across the room. Monkey magic. There you go. There's a lot of monkey magic in this scene. They're going to start conjuring things. Yeah. And I love the references that, uh, that Mike makes uh, to the medical industry. Um, you know, you think I'd leave him in the hands of a quack? Mm-hmm. And, he, he, and there's one incorrect reference where he refers to – uh, the villain as an ambulance chaser, but ambulance chasers are actually lawyers. Lawyers, that's true. So interesting oh. writing choice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Bruno and uh, Markovich keep bumping into each other in this scene, and they'll do it again during the romp. Hmm. They'll turn towards each other and walk right into each other. It's a sort of a running gag with the two of them. See how slowly I'm twitching? <laughs> the bumbling villains. There they go. That's what I say. You don't think they'd recognize Peter having kidnapped him, tied him up, and throw- – oh, ouch. Now, I wonder who's gag. x-rays are hanging back there. Isn't that sensitive medical data? Oh, nobody cared back then. Yeah, back then it was not a big deal. Yeah, this is pre-HIPAA. And they have a menu from the Vincent Van Gogh. Nice so is that an actual back. place? No. Well, I don't know. I doubt it. But I think it's interesting that they bothered making a menu for the Vincent Van Gogh when we never saw a menu in that one scene back in Friendly Neighborhood Kidnappers. No, but I, and the menu looks well-worn. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe there really was such a place. Yeah, now, there is absolutely no reason why this romp should happen, except that there's four monkeys and only two bad guys, but it's – like they're never that far apart uh and if bruno really does have a gun which he did earlier it's kind of slow motion you know the way they run around and with really tiny steps and lots of jumping and well i i like the fact that they have a romp that doesn't take you out of the context of the episode so running around in the clinic instead of them being transported somewhere else like back to the beach or 
you know, running around with little right. kids again or something. I think this is kind of cool that they went and, and now they're back in the physical therapy room. They're yeah. riding the exercise bikes like horses. They only have the, the hallway and that one room to work with. But somehow with Stepping Stone playing in the background, it just works. There's something about Stepping Stone for a, for a romp that just, it's really the, mo- the most rompable song, I think. It is definitely Possibly. a good one. Yeah. I love the fact that they had to hang these signs mm-hmm. along the hallway. So you've got recreation room and clinic signs and physical therapy signs. Now, yeah. you've established the fact that this was not actual. Well, there, actually, there, there may have been, since it, it, it was supposed to be a, um, in the original script, it was supposed to be a, a an old folks home. So that probably would have been, it would have worked either way. Yeah. Those signs. But I like the fact that they had to put them up anyway. Or they even bothered to do it in the first place. I don't. I don't know if you really even needed them to be there. There's only one rowing machine, but they're racing each other on the one rowing machine. <laughs> I wonder where they got the rowing machines from. The exercise equipment. Maybe they had a gym on the lot. They were probably props they had on hand because they used them again. And uh, I was a 99 pound weakling. Oh, all right. Did Davy just throw sponges up in the air? Yeah, and then elbowed the guy while he was looking up at the sponges. I had to and pause then, it before to look and see if they were sponges or cookies. Oh, yeah, those were sponges. And I'm not exactly sure how they beat the bad guys except making them dizzy, I guess. is. Yeah, I like the fact that the monkeys actually beat the bad guys, though. Yeah. Uh, in this one. They do it themselves. Mm-hmm. They outsmart the bad guys and, and physically take them down, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So they save the day on their own. And tied the guy to the uh, exercise bike. Yep. Tying people up in the monkeys is uh, is a recurring theme. Yep. Someone always <laughs> has to get tied up. Or zip him into this steam cabinet. Yeah, I love this this wrap-up from Mickey doing a bit. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Also, I think this is the first time they've referred to the monkey mobile as a monkey mobile. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> so, uh, unfinished business again for next time. Gotta figure out if that's actually the. I, I'm pretty sure that is because I don't remember hearing that Mm-mm. on any of our prior color casts. I, I definitely think we, one of us would have picked up on that. Yeah, and this is the first time we see them driving away from a successful yeah. caper in their monkey, monkey mobile. Yeah, just a stock shot they pull out to pad out the episode. Here we go. Yeah, done. We, we're done, and I guess that means it's time for us to vote on our most valuable. Monkey, Melanie, why don't you go first this time? I think I went first last time. Okay. There was nothing that really stood out to me, but I think because uh, Peter does the um, going after Professor Schnitzler in the beginning and, uh, you know, has to to do a lot of... uh, Oh, I'll give it to him for the dramatic rendition of uh, Ben Casey Act 1. There we go. Peter. That's funny. I, you know what? I, I actually had the same exact notes. I was going to give it to Peter as well for the same exact reason. So we actually agree. Yay! This time, which is really cool. <laughs> I, I thought it was really touching that uh, Peter was so concerned uh, about the professor that he went and looked for him and got himself into this predicament. So I, I thought that was really uh, brave. Okay. 
Well, I'll give it to him for Ben Casey Act 1, and that way it'll be slightly different. Oh, okay, excellent. So, everybody out there in listener land, if you have an opinion on the most valuable monkey in this episode, please share it with us in the Facebook group. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. If you agree or disagree with us, it would be fantastic to hear. Uh, Melanie, you have anything else you want to say before we close up? Nope. All right. Well, join us again for another ColorCast commentary coming your way very soon. And thanks again for listening. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's Monkey's Color Cast. I'm your announcer, Ghosty Timmers. Now, back to the show. Well, thank you, Jeff Hewlett and Melanie Mitchell, for another fine Monkey's Color Cast commentary. Another one will be coming along soon, and those are all in sequential order. And if you've missed any of them, they are on past episodes of Zilch, a Monkey's Podcast. Earlier in the episode, we mentioned that Richard Wolofsky, Sarah Wolofsky, Melinda Gildart, and Christine Carlson Wolf got together immediately after the Pantages show. And they were talking, and they do a bit of a roundup of the night's event. And some guy, Mickey Dolans, walks right by them. So check oh this goodness. out. This actually happened. Hey, hey, Zilch Nation. This is the post-Monkeys concert from Los Angeles Pantages Theater. And in this round table, we have my sweetie wife, Sarah. Hey, hey. Melinda. What's we up, have Zilch? Melinda. What's up, Zilters? And we have Janice. Hi. And Christine. Hi from the Button Queen. And from me and my sweetie wife, Sarah, and Melinda. Melissa. <laughs> you weren't paying attention. I was trying to get your attention. All right, so the 50th anniversary Mike Nesmith concert just ended. What is our reactions to this? Melinda? Awesome. Incredible. Awesome and incredible. Awesome. There are no words. There All right. are no words. So, Janice, what is your reaction, but you can't say awesome or incredible? No, it's fantastic. I was... I was uh, really surprised how good it was, and uh, we just saw Mickey Dolans walk by us. With uh, we were across the street. And we were across the street from the Pantages at the hotel. I don't know what hotel. And we. It's the saw- W Hotel on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. And this is what Melinda said. I said absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I completely froze and then started waiting like an idiot, and then I started grabbing Christine. <laughs> But at least he saw Zilch was represented. Yes, yes, yes Zilch was in his face. In fact, I think we he all even looked out. over at us and said, Mr. Bobolino? <laughs> he, did, he didn't oh, say I that. I he didn't say that at all. All right, Christine, what is your post-concert reaction? It was um, probably one of the best concert experiences of my life. I've been to many, not just Monkeys concerts. I'm talking about overall. You know, being in the front row and having Mickey Dolans look right at you and sing for uh, three or four numbers was pretty incredible. So, hard to top that. And of course, Nez was right there, pretty much in front of me too. Uh, So that was a once in a lifetime experience for me. Did you get photos at all? I got, no, no, I did get some photos. I got a couple of videos. I videoed uh, Tapioca Tundra and uh, Hipster. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I figured when we were in the back row, not the back, but like towards the back, I figured all the people closer who were getting video, we get better video, so I didn't bother. The only thing that I, and I haven't played them back, but I was literally resting my arm on the playback speaker, so I'm not sure what the audio is going to be like. It's either going to be blown out or it's going to be awesome. We'll see. So was that your concert highlight? 
Yes, we'll go with that. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. This was the first time he's ever done tapioca tundra in concert, as far as as far no, as I've seen. In, well, oh, well, he did it in Arizona, I think, last night. He, they yeah. did it in. Because um, I saw a video well, and of it. Talking about going to other other past years and other past concerts, oh, no, I've never seen never him do. It. Tapioca Tundra. No, I don't think he it. has. No, no, I don't think he has. All right, Janice, what was your concert highlight? Um, I I always liked "You Just May Be the One." Yeah. Yes. That is my ultimate favorite Mike Nesmith song. Now, did he say you may just be the one, or do you just may be the one? You just may be the one. All right, good. He got it right then. Finally. He finally got it right. <laughs> All right, Melinda, what was your concert highlight? Uh, I also like You Just May Be The One. He added the second chorus at the end, which I thought was so sweet because the song is way too short to be as magnificent as it is. But he brought the house down with Tapioca Tundra, and it was just such a sweet rendition. And yes. you know, I was holding my phone to record it, and the tears just formed in my eyes because it was just that awesome. It was just that magnetic. He just captured the crowd and didn't let it go until the end. It was just awesome. Now, do you want to explain how he got into the song like a story yeah. about Hawaii yeah well yeah he first uh, the band left everyone left and he stayed on stage yes and then he told the story what was the story did, he, did he stay on stage or like, actually everyone left and then yes. he came back that's right it's like the Superman Clark Kent thing yes. yeah and he talked about how um, it, when they all did their first concert in Hawaii they realized that there was a fifth element to the band, and um, Peter thought that it was the monkeys, and then they all decided together that it was really the audience. And uh, and then he went back to his hotel room and wrote this song about that experience. Uh, it cannot be a part of me, for now it's part of you. Yeah, that's really carried on to the last couple of years when they, when they did Daydream Believer. They couldn't sing the song, but the fifth monkey, which is the audience, we had to sing the song. Right, right. And at so, what point did he stop bringing people up on stage? I, I think that that was, was that two years ago? Was that the 2014? Yes. Yeah, 2014 tour was the last time. Because I was hoping he would see me in row double L F. Yes. Q R Z number 1138. And go, I want that guy. Guy in the red Gene Ashman shirt. Come on over here. Right. And 20 minutes later, I'll find my way to the stage. Yeah. Yes? One of my favorite songs was Circle Sky. Yeah, I learned how to play like guitar because of Circle Sky, and I finally got that those riffs, which is extremely hard. So I, I loved Circle Sky, and I love Papa Jean's Blues. I just wish they had gone to Sweet Young Thing. Yeah, that would have been good. Because they do an amazing rendition of Sweet Young Thing, and that's one of my favorite monkey songs. And I was hoping they would bring it back just because they had that that drum stool thing. It was just such an amazing experience. It wasn't just a song, but it was an experience. So I was hoping they would come back to that. You mentioned learning to play guitar from Circle Sky, and a lot of people I know air guitar. I air drum. <laughs> and I was actually able to to stage drum. So I'm sitting there banging on the stage and headbanging to Mary Mary and she and Circle Sky and thinking everybody behind me is thinking, who is that weirdo in the front row? But I really didn't care because I was having the time of my life. I know this is a podcast and it's non-visual, but if you were to show us what air drumming to Randy Scow's get would be like on the kettle drum, what would it look like? <laughs> and you guys are all putting your hand over your faces right now, and I get it. So, but. Uh, I don't know. We totally get it. Now we have a newcomer joining us yeah. to the show, 
My name is Kevin Marhanka, or otherwise known as Monkey Man Kevin. Monkey Man Kevin, can you go ask that guy to turn off his motorcycle engine? <laughs> we're, we're recording over here. Now this is going I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, was, was there, is there a song we always wanted to hear in a monkey's concert, but they've never done it? I know I've got my answer, but what are all your answers? Melinda? Hard to believe. Hi, Matthew. <laughs> From the Seal Facebook page. All right, right along. All right, that's, that's, that's not one of the monkey highlight songs. Oh. From Pisces Aquarius. Hard to believe rocks. All right, hard to believe. Janice, what's the one song you, you keep hoping for, but they've never done it? I can't think of one. I don't know that song. <laughs> I'm a few bars. <laughs> yeah. So you've been completely satisfied with your monkeys concerts? Yeah. Okay. I, I just can't think of one song that... All right. Well, you think about it. We'll go over yeah. here to Janice. Christine. <laughs> Christine. That's Janice right that's over her, there. That's her. No, that's Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jeff Garinger. Right. 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 <laughs> um, no, I, like Janice, I don't think that I can pick one song that uh, they've never played that I want to hear. I mean, if I were honest... I'm selfish and greedy, and I want them to play every song from their catalog. Um, but I was sorry that they didn't play. Um, I was here and told I had a good time. I mean, oh, yeah. right. Because they have played it on a couple of dates. Yeah. Um, and I was there, and you didn't have to tell me. I had a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, Monkey Man, what is the song that you're always waiting to hear? Well, I can give you two. For sure is Love is Only Sleeping and Salesman. Oh, there you and go. after 30 years, I was always waiting for those two songs. Never got to hear them. Uh, I thought once Nesmith came back, <laughs> but didn't get it. <laughs> now, the song I'm waiting for, I've been seeing concerts since 1986, and I keep waiting for Star Collector. Star Collector, yeah, come on, yeah, you, you gotta sing. Davey did used to sing it in Japan on con yes. in, co in concert, but he never sang it in America. And I would always... The day we fall in love. All right, who else? who else? Got, who else got something? Okay, you know, I have a, a favorite moment. Uh, okay. Or a, yeah, a favorite concert moment for me was okay. actually me and Magdalena. Uh, because during, you know, the, the Good Times release of the soundtrack, I always liked the song, but I never really connected with it. And then they played it here. They were showing pictures of Davey. Yes. And they were singing, like, both Mike and yeah. Mickey were singing it with such, like, soulfulness. And, like, I was crying like, by that yes. song just because of the way they were singing it. Like, I had to get my tissues out of my bag. <laughs> yeah, Mike had his eyes closed. You could yes. tell he was really setting the mood for himself yes. with that song. But then also the way it started with the segue from Sometime in the Morning, it was beautiful. It, really was. <laughs> it was seamless and beautiful. Yes. That song has always um, had meaning for me since the first time I heard it, because um, the, the first time I heard it, the, the first line that I really heard was, um, uh, do you see your long lost father? Does he hold you in, with a hand that you remember as a child? Um, I lost my dad about five years ago, so that really resonated with me. Um, but to see, like you said, Sarah, to see the pictures of Davey behind, uh, that was what that I was bawling. It just gave it a whole different meaning, Absolutely. that song. Well, even Daydream Believer, when they, when they show 
clips up Davy in slow motion. It's like, oh, you're killing me. Yes. You're killing me with this. Please don't. Did you catch it? Were you able to catch that Mickey saw the signs? Everybody was yes. holding up the words, and he Our got such believer. a big kick out of that. He was like, Nez, Nez, look over <laughs> there. They're holding up these signs. Yeah, yeah, so like the whole first row, the first section right. had different... One, one, one word. word for daydream believer. Yes. Cheer up, sleepy jeans. Yes. Oh, what? It's like, wow, that's yeah. that's coordination there. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and then there was like the the people from Asia who did a little dance in the corner. Yeah, those, oh, the those girls who had the the blue. Team Red Mar- That's Team Red Maracas in Misoro Hara, and they're in her group. They were, we, they were fun to watch. We, we love them. them. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they were a joy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the one disadvantage of being so close. You don't see what's happening in the audience as oh, much, and yes. you miss a lot that way. But. Yeah, the, the areas around us, were they were really singing very loudly. And I was, I'm always so glad to see that, to hear that. Normally during the concerts, like, hey, I came here to hear, hear them, them. But when you hear such a community spirit yeah, with everyone, it was yeah. just so, so nice. Now, th- did this feel like a, a last concert for Mike? I'm saying this is the final concert, but does does this feel like the the final concert? Mickey's in there. Oh, he, he you walked past by. I saw Mickey. Yeah, he come in. Yeah, and all of a sudden he was right next to him. You know what? Have, have him come on out. Like he never takes. He said he's gonna be there for a long time. Those are his exact words. Yeah. Like he's kind of just greeting anybody that comes up to him. The thing wow. is, is that can you get in there? Yeah, we so, saw him walk in. So we were I, in there and he walked out. out. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's go back to this, this question because it's been, it was hanging on me throughout the whole concert. Did this feel like Mike's last concert? It felt like to me. It felt like just another concert for him. I was hoping for a, a bigger to do, a bigger <coughs> finale. I think every concert with Mike feels like the last Mike concert because you never know, and, and it doesn't, because you just never know when he's going to change his mind and say, oh, you know what, I'll come out for another date or another two dates, or eventually it'll really be that he just doesn't do it again. Yeah, I know he's got his book coming out, so he's got some, some heavy uh, scheduling coming up. He does. But, and yeah. I've heard that he's going to do some solo concerts, too. Right. But, right. But just like so the Rolling Stones, he's, he's not done. He's, he's not done. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's not going concert. away completely. <laughs> no, right. no, but performing with Peter and Mickey, yeah. I just don't believe this is going to be his last concert. And I hope not because this, this didn't feel like the big finale. After the, the last song, I'm a believer, he took off his guitar, handed someone, called a cab, called Uber. So, yeah. <laughs> he's still going to the next it yeah, yeah. It, yeah it just didn't it didn't I all wanted a big big explosive. I ending. thought maybe we'd get the cap finally for the yeah. final oh show. The fiftieth year. And the monkey walk when they left. Right. But yeah, shit. back in the eighties. Okay, who here saw the monkeys back in the eighties? Oh yeah, I saw them a million times. Only eighty six. Only me and you raised I our hands. Went to Vegas <laughs> for that whole week. This is audio. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm saying let's everyone. Yeah, what is that? Who? But okay, so me and Monkey Man, the only ones who raised our hands, and, and right over here. All right, so to wrap this up, let's give the monkeys a nice big round of applause. Yay! Yay! All right. Vicky just walked in. Yeah. Excellent, Charles. Thank you.
We'd like to thank you once again for listening and for being part of this. So, until next time, happy trails to... No, that's the wrong song. Here we go. Walking Walking down down the street. We haven't done this outro for a good long while. And as the dog barks, it's time to say, see you on the next Zilch. Bye-bye. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fancy made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. <laughs> Don't now. Now really, everybody cool it, because I'm going to be able to get through this. Action. Hey, wow. It's a groovy button. What does it say? Love is the ultimate trip. Oh, gee, that's a nice thought. Gee, that's a neat button. What does it say? <laughs> Let's go again. So you... 7A wants you to get the more... the. Alright, well, let's kick it off with Ian Lee and Glenn Gretland. So let's kick it off with Ian Lee and Glenn... And here is my conversation... Well, let's kick it off with my conversation with Ian Lee and Glenn Gretland. Did it, is that right? Yes. So let's kick off. So let's kick this off. Yeah. So let's kick. The- oh, I'm really looking forward to this one. We are going to have our good friend Ian Lee and Grin. Gr- oh Lord. Yeah, it's not so easy, is it? Now, huh? <laughs> no, it is. Smart Alec. Rubber no. baby buggy. Okay. Cool. All right. Now, word of warning: I have a loaded Chihuahua. Oh. And she rules the house. <laughs> And it doesn't matter where I record. She, if somebody, if an amp farts five miles up the road, here we go. All right. And the energy coming. Here comes the fakeness. Show business. Jazz hands, everyone. Jazz hands. Here we go. Okay. Sarah, do you want to push the big button remote there to to get it started? Click. And now it's, oh, God damn it. (laughs) I eat s'mores sometimes. Mm. Dang it, now I want s'mores. More s'mores, please. Mm hmm. Sounds like a kid's song. We want more s'mores. We love s'mores. We want more s'mores. We love s'mores. We want more s'mores. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Equine Memorial. And of course, we here at Zilch support (laughs) all things. Yes. We support all things. I'm holding up a table right now. I'm supporting it. So we want you to tech out. Oh crap, I forgot to record any of this. No, just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I am not skipping faculty senate for you. Right. <laughs>